Hey guys, uh, what is up? Welcome to episode eight of Timberwolves Talk on Basshole Media. I'm Chris and that's Peyton. And uh, today, it's a, it's a good morning, honestly. It's um, a hell of a day. Whenever the Timberwolves win, whether it's preseason, regular season, a few times they made the playoffs, it's it's a celebration. You gotta you, you kind of got to celebrate everyone, I feel like, right? Yeah, I 100% agree, man. Um, one thing I just want to point out, huge news today. Uh, I guess I got to check, but it looks like you're wearing sleeves today. Is that true? This is a, a rare occasion. Chris Chris is wearing sleeves, so that, that's how you know it's going to be a good day. Um, that's right. We're going to have a little extra energy today because it's the first time that we are um, that we're filming during the day. We usually are filming at like 12 p.m. at night after Chris gets a nice arm pump in or something, <laughs> and, and I'm always half asleep. But today. <laughs> Today we got the awake. Today we got the energy. Um, let's see. Any announcements before we get going? Um, actually, first announcement is Tim Rolls are doing a cool promo, you guys. If you have not seen it yet, you should go check it out. Um, their new sponsor, Aura, has bought out, I wanna say the top bowl um for the first game of the season and the third game of the season. Um, so if you go click on the link, I think Dane Moore tweeted it and Basshole Media. Oh, no, Basshole Media tweeted Bass- it, not Dane. Basshole Media tweeted it out. You guys should go click on the link and get some free tickets. I'm sure there's some left. Oh, yeah. Um, Peyton and I will be at that game on October 25th, or at least Peyton will be. I got to make sure everything works because I'll have to skip some class. But if you guys want to come see us, meet us, and just watch Timberwolves, come October 25th. It'll come be like a, a Timberwolves talk in real life. That's right. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get a win that game. We've already beat the Pelicans in preseason, but they're going to have Zion back. And uh, yeah. Well, yeah, but stemming right off that, let's let's talk about the importance of the preseason. Because right now, after a few games of the preseason, we're looking like a playoff team. Um, we're looking great. We're, we're killing everyone. Um, how, how important is this to you, Chris? And uh, do you see this continuing into the regular season? Well, I can I can kind of see into you being the sarcastic Timberwolves fan right there. Um, Peyton and I were talking about that earlier a little bit last night, how like kind of this topic in general and like Timberwolves fans like seeing the three, and know, and, you know, their feelings towards it. So what I would say is I think it's awesome that these guys are three, and know, and I'm not going to discredit them at all because it's been starters versus starters every game. Um, well, minus except, Paul George, except yeah. minus Paul George, <laughs> minus Kawhi. Minus Zion. (laughs) Minus Zion. And in the Nuggets game, minus Jamal because he's hurt. But, like, it has been starting lineups versus starting lineups. Um, And, you know, we've been taking advantage of it. And I I think you can definitely give them some credit in that regard. I think you can credit them in how hard they've been playing for sure. I I would 100% agree. I think they are playing super hard right now, even in preseason. But the thing is, it's preseason. there's teams, especially in the NFL, that have very, very good preseason records, like 4-0, 3-1, and they'll end up having a very bad season. So you can't put – well, I don't think that's going to happen with the Timberwolves. I don't think you can put too, too much stock in the preseason because legitimately anything can happen in the preseason depending on the other team's lineup and depending on your lineup. So Yeah, man. I think that's a, that's a hell of a take right there. Um, what I want to – 
reiterate is that before the preseason started, um, my my mouth my uh, my is my audio a little off? No, I think you're good, man. It looks a little weird, but um, I just wanted to reiterate before the season started, like if we went 0 4 or if we went 4 0, I didn't want to make any overreactions about it because you're right, it's the preseason. It doesn't matter, and you know what? That kind of sucks. I think because I wish it was just the regular season already. I wish that these games were counting. I wish that we could just watch some real basketball. But yeah, I wouldn't want it to be any other way. Like we're not complaining at all that we're three and zero in the preseason. We just want to say that it doesn't mean that we're going to be undefeated in the regular season, and it doesn't yeah. mean that we're going to play this well in the regular season. It's just it's the best possible outcome, I guess, of the preseason is to be playing well, and everyone seems to be playing okay you know yeah and i think like even a positive to take from this is is we're three and oh in the preseason and i don't even think we've been shooting the ball too well to be honest so like imagine once you know we get into our groove a little bit and malik starts hitting his threes Jaden starts hitting his threes um ant starts hitting his threes those are three big guys and once they get into their shooting rhythms i think the games will become even better but you know i think like like peyton said you know it does really suck that like it's only preseason and we're three and all like you'd you'd much want those wins to come in the regular season right. but a win is a win you'd rather have them go four and oh in the preseason than oh and four so yeah so what you were saying is that a lot of players we're playing well um but there's one player in particular that has not been playing well up to this point and up until last night he was you could honestly say pretty bad and that's uh jade mcdaniels a fun stat i want to pull up i saw it on clutch points uh Jaden McDaniels, through the first games, he had the same amount of fouls committed as field goals attempted. Now, <laughs> when you hear that stat, well, it's seven. So he, he attempted, he was one for seven in the first two games combined. That's terrible. Mm. Um, but last night, he kind of got it back three for four from threes, uh, 15 points. And yeah, that's also, I just wanted to, I don't know. I was, after those first yeah. two games. Yeah, but there's an animal in the attic. What are you listening to? That's not me. <laughs> oh, that's me. That was an ESPN pulled up. Um, but yeah, I was worried after those first two games that maybe Jaden was a little too overhyped, and I still kind of am. I love Jaden, but I think that so many people have just kind of taken him up as this player that's just automatically going to be a great defender, a great shooter. And I don't know. I think we kind of got to hold our horses a little bit with that. I would agree to a certain extent. Yeah, I think um, I think he's definitely he's obviously a project player. You know, that's why he fell to us at 19 mm-hmm. or 17 or whatever it was. Or no, he actually fell to like late 20s. That was Balmero. We picked at 21, yep. wasn't it? He's 29. Um, obviously, there's a reason he fell to 20, you know, late 20s. And that's because he's a project player. So project players usually take more than just their rookie season to develop and, you know, reach their full potential and he might not even reach his full potential until he's 27 28 but i'm okay with that at the moment because he does a lot of the little things right and there's a lot of stuff that i see in him that he can build on and he can get a lot better at and that he's going to get better at and that from his shooting to his even his physicality on defense and just his his weight i think his weight's the biggest thing that like we all kind of know he's skinny, but no one ever talks about the weight. And you talk you know, about how his that, weight. We, we do talk about his weight a lot, but no, <laughs> no one talks about him like in the post, like guarding a big guy. 
Like no. we, we'll see him get dominated because he gets switched on to a, a bigger guy. And yeah. um, those are all things he can fix, though, that which is the good thing. And I think he will continue to develop and do that over the next coming years. And I, I think he can be that really good player we see. I agree with everything you said there. But my, my point kind of was just that I feel like he is a project player and it's okay that he's not going to reach his full potential. But I feel like the media and the fans are acting like just because he overperformed where he was drafted last year, that it automatically means that he is a completed project. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like people mm-hmm. are not understanding that he is still going to be growing a lot as a player. And he has a long way to go. He is not at all the player that he's going to be at the end of his career. But he has been a great surprise. And he is going to be a great player for the team. But it might not all click this year. And we got to be okay with that. Because he was a very late first-round pick. Yeah, 100%. Um, I definitely agree. Yeah, like I, I think he can he can definitely be a good contributor to a team at the moment. Especially our team yes. um, that needs him. Another guy who kind of fits that same mold, I think, that we're just getting to see this year is Balmero. And I've actually seen, like, I think everyone kind of pulled the plug on him after the first game. Really? And yeah, like, I've been seeing a lot of, not, not Balmero hate, but I've been seeing a lot of, hey, why is this guy not playing as well as we thought he was? And mm. I thought right directly, exactly back to, you know, where Ant was in the in um in the preseason last year when we were kind of watching him and, um, you know, seeing him only score single digit points and like miss a lot of shots. Yeah. And, and we said the same exact thing, be patient. And Balmero this game or last night's game, I thought played a very complete game. I thought defensively he was switching over picks. He was staying tight on his man. He got beat on one backdoor play, but it was a perfect pass. Um, I saw him knock down a wide open corner three, which is exactly what we need him to do. And, you know, I, I really thought he stepped up that game and played well with the with the twos so it's it's all about patience and i know us timberwolves fans don't have it often but we've been patient balmero's a he's a he's like a uh he's one of those guys you put away in the in the top shelf for a little bit and he'll he'll pop out of the pop out of the woodworks in like two to three years and you'll be like wow like this is awesome this is like a developmental player that really can fit his role on the you know second unit. And I think that's what we're really shooting for with him. So it's, it's the same thing with McDaniels. These guys are really raw, raw players that are young and need to develop more. Yeah, I agree. I got a fun idea for a new segment, um, a way to incorporate our favorite Timberwolves um, Twitter, Twitter guy, um, analyst, maybe you could say insider. It's called the live, live tweet with Doogie. Yes, your grace. Is that my flame? So what we're gonna do is, I'm gonna facilitate a tweet to Doogie right now, and then what if if he responds by the time the video is over, we'll put his answer on the on the screen. So I think a good question to start out is, uh, we'll say, Darren. So the Timberwolves have started out three and zero in the preseason. Do you think that this will translate into the regular season? What is your uh, record prediction? You think that's a good? I think that's a good one. Good first one. For Darren. This, you like you like the segment? I do like the segment. We'll let you talk while I. Uh, get yeah. Um, let me let me highlight some other things from last night. Um, again, I thought, like I said earlier, I think the starters outmatched their starters. Um, obviously, down a two very big players in their lineup, but that Clippers team's a good depth team, and they're going to be an obviously a playoff team again this year. Um, 
another piece I saw last night was Noel just being Noel again. And I was actually talking to Peyton about this last night. Um, I think Jalen Noel is a starter on a good few teams in the NBA. Actually, like I, th- I think his talents can be utilized as a uh, as a two across the league, like very, very well. I think there's honestly, I I think a cool spot for him that could be a nice pairing would honestly be the Charlotte Hornets. And I know that sounds weird, but they just lost Devontae Graham and they really loved that those three guard sets. Yeah. Kind of like the college ball sets. And I think Noel would be super cool in that system, especially with Lamelo's passing. Like obviously we'd love to keep Noel. Um, we want to keep as many pieces as we can, but I think that'd be a really cool spot for him in the future if he doesn't get his opportunity here. Because at the moment, there's just it's really sucks, but there's just not a lot of routes to playing time with him, um, especially because we're still a guard heavy, you know, lineup. And it it doesn't help him that, you know, Malik got moved to the bench because that's kind of where Noel that was kind of Noel's spot last year, is that six man role. And now that's Malik's. So Yeah, I got um do you think that do you think that Noel has a chance of surpassing Malik Beasley skill wise in their career? Because I think they're very they're two very comparable players. I think that Noel's more of a he's more of a shot creator. Like he can create a shot a lot better than Beasley. But I'd say he can facilitate better too. And I, I'd that's say what I'm saying. He has a, I feel like he has a high, I feel like he has a higher ceiling than Beasley because Beasley's like a three and D guy. He doesn't have much B. But yeah. Noel is more of a facilitator. So do you think that he could pass up Beasley at some point? Definitely two different play styles, and I I can see them you know working together on the second unit because Malik's played three. He plays three you know when he gets subbed into the lineup too. So that's not that's not a huge deal for Malik being on the wing. But what I would say is is I think Noel has maybe had a better preseason than Malik. And while saying that, like I said earlier, I can't put any real stock into preseason. So I'm not going to come out here and say Noel's playing better than Malik Beasley because. Malik is surely going to have a better year this year than Noel, in my opinion. Um, he's going to have more opportunities. He's a we've seen what Malik can do a little bit more than Noel, and they're just different players. Like I said, um, Noel play, actually played point guard in college at Washington, whereas Malik played off guard at Florida State and has mm-hmm. continued to do that through his career. That's a tough decision because, you know, possibly in a different environment, I think Jalen Noel could reach his full potential. I I don't know here though I, yeah. I really don't i think we have a very ball dominant guard obviously and we have hopefully soon to be one of the best we want to say players in the nba but at least one of the best guards in the nba and ant and you know you have j mac at the three and i really love the j mac vando cat lineup so your opportunities your door is kind of shut for the starting lineup like there's really no no chance of hopping in there and then you also have to take in consideration the two um the twos and i would hope that their twos would i really like explosive scoring off the bench so i i would say pat bev him and malik can run a a one two three lineup oh yeah mix and match the four and the five um but yeah i i i think he's a solidified you know rotational player on this team and while while i think he could be a starter on another team so i think losing him would be you know, bad because obviously I think he provides a great scoring punch off the bench. He was one of the few bright spots last year, like in our major losing streaks. And, but you know, at the same time, you want to see a guy like that reach his full potential. So, yeah. And I think, 
that this is hopefully a problem that we are going to have a lot more as our team gets better is that when you are a good team, your bench players should be starter caliber players on the bad team. Yeah. And I think the special thing about Jalen Noel is you can put him in the game at any time and he'll get you a bucket. It doesn't matter who's guarding him, who he's playing with. He can create for himself. He can create for others. But he yeah. is an electric scorer. Oh, the, nugget, the Nuggets under. game, man. Like the end of the Nuggets game, yeah. he was he was the one hitting those dagger shots. Like that's I don't care if that's preseason. Like it's the same mental state of a real game. Like he went in there, cold blooded, hit two of those shots, one to send us to overtime, one to win. And honestly, I'd like I'd I'd argue in these close preseason games in the fourth quarter, that's when you're really getting the best basketball because it's these young G League, um, summer league type guys that they're all they're all fighting for a roster spot. So that's when you're getting the real basketball. So to see a player like Jalen Noel go off in the fourth quarter, and we saw him go off last year. Remember when he scored 17 points in the fourth quarter? Yeah, so I do remember that. He is a legit NBA scorer. I mean, you can't – that's one thing you can't teach is scoring. I mean, you can teach it, but it's kind of a natural instinct. And you know what's a good player? You know what's a good player comp for him? Now that I was just thinking – I mentioned the Hornets earlier. I think he could be a Terry Rozier type of player. Terry honestly. Rozier? Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah, and he's – I mean, honestly, dude, we don't really have a backup point guard besides Beverly, but I honestly – I don't see Beverly as much of a point guard. You know what I mean? Because he's not much of a facilitator. And, I mean, I haven't watched much of his game, but I would be – I'd rather put Jalen Noel as your second-string point guard. You put Beasley at – or um, Beverly at the two, Beasley at the three. Yeah, I, I really don't care who handles the ball in that lineup. I We've, we've seen Noel – um last year play the play the play an on-ball guard um position you know when the backups come in so i i would probably rather have the vet and bev handling the ball and malik or i mean noel being the off guard but i think he's a very versatile player i think that just goes to show like he can handle the ball he can play off guard he can play a little bit of defense too which is i think malik's working on that um but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be saying all this, and then in the first game of the season, Malik's gonna get hot from three, and like, right. all that's gonna disappear because want, Malik's Malik's a a crazy scorer too. Yeah, I want to talk about Malik Beasley a little bit. Um, I've been seeing tweets that he seems a little out of shape, all this stuff, and I honestly, I don't know. He doesn't look like the same player he was last year. Of course, it's just the preseason. I don't want to overreact. But he does look a little different. I don't know what it is. Is it he's maybe not as I don't know. He just doesn't I mean, have the same electricity that I'm used to Malik Beasley having. And I, I did mean, not I did not watch the Nuggets game. If you were in jail 120 days too, I'm sure like some things would be I different. Have been, I, guess. I know. <laughs> like obviously his condition is gonna be a little off. Yeah. Like he hasn't he wasn't able to, you know practice i mean oh, he was playing with the scrubs and well, he was playing with the, the jail <laughs> penitentiary mates man i mean like yeah it's i'm sure they had like um, opportunities to exercise like i'm sure well, he no, he, nice he could go to practice every day Did you know that? oh he could yeah okay. no, he was well, barely yeah. in jail he there had work go. release yeah work re- work release for the nba is probably like a 17 hour work day so he's probably yeah. not really in jail but no. yeah that you know i obviously like people really you know weigh or don't weigh the mental aspect of like a professional athlete. Like you can't tell me that this off season hasn't been tough for him. You know, just the fact that he's in jail or jailed plus, you know, obviously the split from his girlfriend. Um, Are they not back I, to you? You're, you're, you're the, you got the inside scoop on all that. Well, Are they I, not back I, together. 
I don't think they're back together. I haven't seen anything that's made me see they're back together. Um, I don't think he gets to see his child a lot. And that's, I mean, that would, that would have a mental effect on me. I, I can't speak for Malik Beasley's mentals, but you know, that it's been a rough off season for him. I'm sure. Yeah. And it, yeah. So, and also as a, as when you start becoming a vet, um, I was listening to, honestly, I don't know who was announcing the game last night for the Clippers, but he was an ex NBA player. And the way he was talking about preseason was kind of like when you're a rookie preseason is like the biggest thing. You're all nervous. You love it. You're super excited. But as you progress into the league, preseason becomes a thing that is just very waste of time. Like you just wish that the regular season was starting. You don't take it as seriously. So honestly, I feel like we could maybe be seeing a little bit of that from BZ. Like it's just not, he's not as able to get as amped up for it anymore as he used to be. And again, we can't, way so much on the preseason and that's why it's even hard just to talk about the preseason on this because we don't want to weigh much from it because it doesn't mean anything and all and also too is I, Malik has you know proved to us you know who he is as a player I think last year when all the shit was going down we were having injuries we were playing bad there was always one common denominator within our organization that was Malik playing well he right. would always play well and we could always count on him to get us a bucket. So I think he hasn't done anything on court to make me distrust him yet, but (laughs) he hasn't done anything at all to make me distrust him. (laughs) That's why, that's why I said on court on court. He hasn't made anything for me to not trust him as a player. Um, But moving on. Wait, I got, I got one last, one last take. Um, Another thing I want to say about Malik Beasley is as a player, it, the thing about Malik Beasley is that his best attributes are hustle, um, energy, and shooting. And those are things that you can't really turn off. You know what I mean? So, like, no matter how bad he's playing, besides the shooting, he's still going to shoot, which is yeah. another positive for him. But hustle and energy, you can bring that whenever, however, any game. That's why I'm not worried about Malik Beasley, and that's why I think he's going to be okay. Don't worry about Malik Beasley. Right. 100%. Um the thing I really wanted to touch on too was just, I want to give some praise, um, you know, to Anthony Edwards and also to Chris Finch. I think Chris Finch so far, we'll talk about him first. I think Chris Finch has done an awesome job um, gardening this lot, just this locker room in general. Like you see the little clips of Timberwolves post after the games and the pajama, like the pajama video and the players love him. Like, yeah. I think he is like completely gained this locker room. I think everything that's outside of the locker room is just noise. I think it's just him and the players. Awesome job so far. And I think that really ties into this next part I was going to talk about is Anthony Edwards plays like a veteran now. And that's kind of crazy to say, considering, you know, like all the mistakes that he he's made and he's still making, he's still making, but just his, I think he has a great sense of leadership. I think he forms relationships very easily on the team. Um, he seems like a very good guy to, you know, be a teammate with and just his, his presence on court, his leadership, his, his developing defensive abilities and the way he kind of attacks the intricacies of the game. He's starting to cut more. Mm -hmm. He sees those lanes. He knows what to attack. Everything looks so easy for him on the inside right now. Like you just watch him like, Every single layup, he's not he's not missing at the rim now. He has good touch at the rim. Um, he looks lengthier. He looks like he's able to 
finish yeah, better at the rim almost like it felt like it felt like before i, I don't know if this is like a, if the, you kind of know what i'm trying to say here but before it felt like he would initiate the contact and then kind of do a fade like you'd go away from the basket but now yeah. he's getting all the way to the basket and just easily finishing all these reverse lay like i've been i've been seeing the past two games he's been doing a lot of like he'll get the ball on a on a back screen and he'll just do this super smooth reverse layup and it just looks like he's he's wired to do that now and he just looks like he looks like he's been in the NBA and that's yeah. really really good for a first year you know of development this second year i think could be equivalent to a i i don't want to you know speculate i i'm not saying he's as good as luka or tatum but this second year could be shaping up for him to have a a sophomore year similar to those guys. John those guys type. made yeah a awesome jump from you know rookie to sophomore year. So hopefully that happens. It looks like it's gonna happen. Um yeah I'm I'm super proud of where this team's at. I'm super proud of where he's at because he's given this fan base you know something to be excited about. If it weren't for Ant, no. dude, I don't even know if this podcast would be a thing. He's <laughs> he he's the reason that the fan base is so excited right now. So you got to give that to him. And I think he's, he's been a really lovable guy and an awesome personality to just cover and be on the team. Yeah. I want to, um, a funny thing about that. I think that for him, yeah, he's very skilled. He's very athletic, but I honestly think that his personality and like, I think his personality is honestly his greatest attribute. I think yeah. because because you can be a great skilled player, you can have all this athleticism, but if you're just a dud in the locker room, you're not going to be as successful. But the thing about Anthony Edwards is everyone loves Ant. And when he's on the court, everyone's going to play with that same energy that he is yeah. just because of his personality. That doesn't have anything to do with his athleticism, his skills. So I would I would argue that that is his best attribute. Yeah, I 100%, man. Like, you... Just it's just like the small things like you saw in his story last night. He was just hanging with Cat, having fun like it, that's just that, that has to happen in a basketball locker room. You know, yeah, if you're not if you're not friends with your teammates, man, like it's OK, I guess, in like other other sports. But like you're with 12 guys and you got to be close with all of them. You got to develop that bond, especially the starters. And like Anthony Edwards has done a great job of that. And I think he's, you know, kind of stepping up into this. I think he started stepping up into a leadership role last year, honestly, yeah, especially as a rookie. Season. And you don't see that. No. And I think no. it it plays well with Cat because as much as I love Cat, as much as I think he's a great player, I don't know if he's the best leader. I don't know if he's the most vocal leader that a team can have. And I think that by having Ant coming up and kind of taking the reins from cat as that vocal energetic leader. I think that that's going to take a lot off of cat's shoulders. And I think it, although it's going to be a weird dynamic for the team, I think that we're going to be able to make it work. And then also D'Angelo Russell, I was has, he not, su- has he I was... not surprised you with how vocal he's been and how much fun it looks like he's having? I always thought he was kind of just like a, a quiet monotone guy, but wow. No, I was, I was like about to, fun. yeah, I was about to talk about his play in general, but, I think all of last year he he was he was the leader on the team and that was he was the leader on the team because I thought he was the most vocal player on that team and I still think he is the most vocal player on the team you know I don't, I don't know about Pat maybe Pat Bev is yeah. a little more vocal but on court D'Lo is the one who talks the most and the, is the one who's always in the huddle talking and I, I think he he is more so that you know captain of the team and the captain doesn't always have to be the best player it, yeah. it can be the player that leads the best and I think he 
I think everything might be coming together this year for D'Lo. I think so far to the preseason, like we said, we can't put much stock into it, but like this dude looks, he looks effortless. thin. He looks effortless scoring. He looks way more. He looks more athletic than he did um, last year. I just want to say it. I remember when he came back from his energy his, his injury last year. Yeah. How we noticed he was like a little bit more in shape. It seemed like, I think he's even taken a step more, a step forward from that this year. He He's starting to look like, you know how, you know how some scores just like, it's like it's like the James Harden thing. It just looks effortless. Like he yep. finds a little like he's not the most athletic dude, but nope. he's he hits. He's starting to hit these shots, and it, they how are you going to stop that if he hits these hard shots? Because that's his game. So I mean, he only hits hard shots. <laughs> that is, that is true. <laughs> he's the type uh, of guy that's going up for a layup, and he has a wide open lane. He'll fade away just to make it hard. <laughs> I mean, that is true. That is true. I I really do think you know. It, the numbers may not show it this year just because of the mass amounts of scores, but I think he's I think he's better at the moment than he was in Brooklyn. And that's saying a lot. Like that's I think he's wiser. Um I think Wise, he's that's a falling. good he's a very old soul, I think. I think like he, is. he, like, he picked like, up golf over the offseason. I don't know if you guys saw that yeah. or heard about it. He picked up golf and you know and stuff like that. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I hundred percent agree, man. Um from the way this Timberwolves talk is going, we both sound very optimistic. And I just want to reiterate, I am very optimistic about this season. I think that you can just kind of feel all the pieces falling perfectly into the puzzle. Just how you were just talking about how this is when D'Angelo Russell's kind of hitting his stride. Seems like Cat's hitting his stride. If Anthony Edwards does exactly what we think he's going to do and has the sophomore season, I think that everything is going to align just perfectly this year and i don't want to be too optimistic but it just i just have that feeling right now i don't know why you know i th- i think it's an important thing to note too is the destiny of this team like whether you whether you can say it or not like the destiny of this team falls on those three players like if those three players are doing everything they can and playing to the best of their abilities this team's going to go far away but you know if they're not living up to potential those are the three guys that are supposed to lead this team and they got to take the weight on their shoulders and, you know, lead this team. And I think yeah. they can do that. And I think we all just got to be, um, we got to be ready because there's going to be ups and downs. We're not going to go 82 and all this year. We're going to have a few stretches where we're going to lose a few games. We're going to blow a few games in the fourth quarter, but that's okay. That happens. All teams do that throughout the season. And you know what? It might not start off as great as we're all thinking. We might have a tough start to the season, but as long as we just keep believing and realize that, the pieces are finally starting to come together. I think that this is going to be a really fun season as a Timberwolves fan. And I'm so excited to bring you guys along with us and just just be able to yeah. talk about it and 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 connect with our with our followers and our viewers and just I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah, I mean, on that note, um, a good note. I, that was a good note to end it on. I think yeah. I think very hard we talked about a lot. Um, this is being recorded on a Tuesday. Um, are we probably going to just drop it on that Thursday? No, we're dropping it tonight. Oh, dropping it tonight. All right. Tuesday well, night video for you guys. Let's um, quick check to see if Darren responded. Nice. He did he respond. Yeah, he responded. All right. <laughs> we'll put it up on the screen right here for you guys to read. But um, but yeah, guys, have a great rest of your week. Have a great, have a great Tuesday night. I think you'll probably be watching this at like eight o'clock. Have a great rest of your night. Have a great week. And let's go, let's go, Wolves.